My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagner. We're back. Here we go, another edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. And I am Richard Wagoner. And we weren't here last week, so we're going to cover two columns this week. Yeah. And uh, the column from last week, another, you know, we're losing rock stars, we're losing radio stars, yeah. and we've lost another radio great. Uh, tell us about Benny Martinez. I wouldn't put him into the category that you normally would have a lot of DJs in. He was not a real Don Steele. He was not a uh, 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 Robert W. Morgan. But he was a nice guy, and he kind of represents the last vestiges of, of personality top 40 radio. And his name is Benny Martinez. Benny Martinez, if I can roll my R's correctly. Um, he was just perfect for the time. As Chuck Martin points out over and over again, when I, whenever I talk to him, he brings up people that he worked with. And Benny Martinez was kind of like a protege of his. He, he kind of helped develop the style, and he was kind of ahead of the time. The, the, you know, work, mainly English language delivery, throwing in a little bit of Spanish to appeal to the audience. And you remember what they were trying to do first at KHT, although Benny was never there. A lot of people confuse Benny Martinez with Danny Martinez. Mm -hmm. uh, to my knowledge, um, Benny is Benny's real name. But um, he was brought over to K-West almost by accident because they needed a nighttime guy and... Hurricane Huron goes to uh, Chuck Martin and says, hey, remember that guy you were working with before, Benny Martinez? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's right. So they bring him out. They talk to him a little bit and say, hey, do you want to work at K-West? And he goes, yeah. He wasn't working in radio at the time. He was actually working at a bank. He had given hmm. up radio because he had a family to feed. He wanted to have wow. a stable job. And uh, so it's kind of funny. He was brought back to radio. And I think did a pretty spectacular job during the slight year and a half that he was there, maybe two years. And then he went on to a couple other stations after that. So uh, I, I just I have fond memories of him because that was during a time when I was at the right age for really getting into to radio. Right. My friends were all into uh, AOR radio. I was still into top 40. And I just loved K-West. A lot of people who were KHJ fans loved K-West because it had the same same feel to it. So so I don't want to put him down for not being in the same mode as uh, uh, Real Don Steele and those guys. But I want to make people clear that I'm not equating him to that. But he was definitely an excellent DJ in his own right. Right. And he came later than those guys right. anyway, right? So, and And Top 40 had changed a little bit in its... Delivery and its style at that point. So but he's a young guy. He's only a few years older than me. And oh wow! Major LA station in 1980. I was just out of high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, another loss. So that's that's a shame. Now the column this week. A uh, couple things. First of all, you wanted to buy a radio station. Yeah. Now you want to buy an entire radio company. Well, don't you think that's the best way to go? I don't know. You're going to have to sell it. You're going to have to pitch it to me right now. Okay. We need the financial people to run the numbers. We talked about this. If you remember, we were talking about this uh, with Cumulus years ago. But when I wrote the column, haven't checked today, but when I wrote the column, uh, the closing date of January 19th, Odyssey was 26 cents per share. So multiply 26 cents by 141 million shares, and you have a $37 million purchase price, right? 
Offer them maybe a little bit more. Let's offer them $50 million. You buy the stations. You're going to have to figure out a way to get rid of the debt because that's that's their problem. And you, you probably have to declare bankruptcy. Maybe let them do the bankruptcy first because it's not going to increase their stock price very much. And then you don't have to be the bad guy. But what you do is you, you, you buy the stations then you sell all the stations off that you don't need. I would hang on to a couple stations in L.A., a couple stations maybe uh, in San Francisco. But go back to the days of having only seven to ten stations and you can run a pretty efficient ship and get some listeners that are actually dedicated you remember those from your time at uh, at uh, knac you know the ones yeah. that, oh, the absolutely. ones that would actually kill for you you know sure <laughs> exactly and um, and you get those you can you can bring the ad revenues back up to what they should be unlike what's happening with iheart and odyssey uh, and actually, uh, ironically, if, even if you include the debt, uh, Odyssey has like $2.73 billion in debt. So you could still take that and still sell off their stations and still end up breaking even from, from what I can figure out running the numbers. So I'd kind of like the opinion of someone who, um, who knows financing a little bit more. But one thing that I always get back to is if I can do that. Why isn't Odyssey? Yeah. yeah, very true. Absolutely. The other part of your column, we're going to have some disagreements on here. You got a reader mail from someone that disagreed with your assessment of KBC, your assessment being that the programming there was, quote, stale. Yeah. So what did this guy have to say? Well, I needed to clarify that because what I was saying in the original column, you remember the column about sure. I had making some changes. Right. And, All good changes, too. Right. And my point really was they wanted KFI needs to not get stale themselves because they were trying to avoid what happened to KABC back in the 80s when KFI suddenly charged ahead. So mm. that was actually the the meaning of the word stale is you don't want to get stale yourself. So KFI has to make changes. If they kept going on the way they were, people would say, oh, that again. Oh, mm. that again. So, you know, putting Mo Kelly on at night may be a, a risk. And, you know, coming from the number two station in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, it certainly is a risk. But you have to do something. And it's the same thing that K-Earth does. K-Earth changes their music all the time. There's right. a lot of people that lament that they don't play 50s and 60s music anymore, but they're the number one, two, three station in town. Higher ratings than they were when they played 50s and 60s music, mind you. Right. So you need to stay fresh. So I wasn't saying that current KBC was stale, but, and I know what you're going to say, and I'm actually going to agree with you here. I think they are. I think they're running too much syndicated programming. I think that that uh, political talk, for the most part, is dead. And if I were them, I'd be playing music. Well, in in the letter to you, he went down the rundown, and I wasn't real clear on what the rundown of the station was. But as I read down this list of people that are on the air at KBC, I don't think stale is the proper word. <laughs> and I also don't think that what you said to him in the column that that is an excellent analysis is accurate as well. So here's my take on it. Right. If what KBC is now is a giant, monstrous right wing echo chamber, mm -hmm. 
every host on there is a crazy, except for John Phillips. He's a little more moderate, but let's face it, he's right wing too. Every one of them on there is kind of nuts. And it's a, it's a, the people that listen obviously are buying into it, but it's an echo chamber. They're not getting any new information. They're not getting any of the other side. They're not getting any point of view other than, you know, what what they expect to get, which is fine. Everybody should have their own radio station, but it's not it's not stale. And having I'll just leave it there. Well, I think. I'm thinking more from the entertainment standpoint. Um, I think that, for example, Shapiro can be entertaining. I think he talks way too fast. I talk fast, and I, I need to slow myself down at times. He's super, super, super fast. Um, but, you know, it, from the entertainment standpoint, he does do an entertaining show. And I don't know if it's necessarily fair to say, other than the fact that they don't have any opposing shows on uh, for the different opinions, like even old KBC, even old KFI used to do. Mm, right. Um, if you look at all the shows that are basically on the liberal versions of whatever NPR shows there are, they're not giving a conservative viewpoint at all. So it's a little bit unfair to say that they're only giving one side because both sides only give one side. How much NPR do you listen to? Actually, I listen to it a fair amount. <laughs> Believe it or not. It, there's, there's very little politics on NPR, in, case you, in case you hadn't noticed. I'm just using it as a generic thing, but there's a lot of things that they cover. I and mean, I was listening to an NPR show one time, and they were just giving total fabrication of data, because I know the data, and they were just making it up to make their point. And there was one time when they were talking about, you know, the, the, the NFL player that just passed out. They were going through all of these possible scenarios. None of them had any bearing on reality. And they're trying to avoid the, the they're trying to totally avoid the idea of the myocarditis brought on by either COVID or by the COVID injections. Either one oh can cause it. So they just totally avoided it. And in that, they're being one-sided, too. So you can't say that one side's being one-sided when you're not admitting the other side is being one-sided. The, the, the major difference is, is that's one incident. And this at KBC is 24-7. And at, at NPR, that was one little story. But that they are certainly not political 24-7 but these at are, all. But these are political shows. If you yeah, want, I, there's not that many political shows, at least locally on NPR, that I know of. But if you get a political, if you get political shows that are left-leaning political shows, they are not giving the other side. Okay. They just aren't. So all right. So, so the one or two shows that are on there, you're right. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll grant you that one or two so, shows. So from you an, have a whole lineup of KBC people that are totally right-wing and no. buying the vax stories and buying. All of that. Not so. debating that. Here's the issue. When you have someone like uh, Dan Bongino, he was originally supposed to be the replacement for Limbaugh. He is not even close because even people who detested Limbaugh's politics and how he theoretically treated people will admit that the show was at least entertaining, whereas Bongino really is the they suck, they suck, they suck show. And it doesn't bring out any new information. Actually, believe it or not, Limbaugh used to used to hear uh, liberal views on there, too. And I personally do like more balance. So you have that problem. Phillips is great, but he's, I think, kind of wasted. And I think that they, they want him to be 
kind of a show that doesn't get too heavy into anything. Um, he's more hard hitting in his because it's middays. So they want to keep it a little light. Yes. Right. Um, Leo Terrell is interesting to me just for what he is, but it, the production quality of the show is ex- absolutely awful, like most of the station is, but it's even worse on his show. Um, so I agree. It's an echo chamber. I think it's something that's, like I said, I think the format is dead. Yeah. But I don't think it's dead just because it's right wing. I think it's dead because it's it tends to be political. And I think that the shows like KFI moved to when they got rid of Limbaugh actually helped the station. And they're probably more popular now than they were in the Limbaugh days. Right. So, so I don't I don't think I disagree with you all that much uh, on that. Um, well, you di- I disagree with you on Ben Shapiro. He, he's 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 a he's a nut, too. So, well, yeah, but that's because you're a hippie. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. <laughs> all right. Uh, and that, I think, covers the columns. Right. I think so. Um, we are thinking about changing the format of this show, this program. And uh, we do it weekly now. We're considering maybe doing a monthly version of it. Do you like it on, on a weekly basis or do you like it? Would you like it a little longer on a monthly basis? We'd li- like to hear from you if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, we're just sort of we're, we're, we feel like we might be getting a little stale. Right. At least I feel that way. We so don't want uh, stale. Yeah, we don't want to be stale. And so uh, if you have any thoughts on that, uh, send us a note and uh, we'll we'll do what we want to do anyway. But anyway, we, we'll take your input, of course, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with another edition of Radio Waves. Mm-hmm.